hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. All right. Well, hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming back. As always, we appreciate your time and we are glad you're choosing to spend a little bit of it with us uh, today. We are going to get after it. If you can, if you joined me the other day, you heard me preface a little bit that I'm going to, I'm going to go after Barbie. Uh, not literally because there are some, some really brilliant things. Uh, but what happened? Let me give you a little background. Uh, last week, so not very long ago, I was sitting with my family. I have two daughters and a wife in my home. And then I got, uh, you know, we got some pets and so I'm sitting there and my wife is like, you really got to see the Barbie movie. And I'm like, eh, whatever. I mean, I wasn't opposed to it. Um, wasn't excited about it. Like they were, uh, they have seen it before. And so they knew what to expect. I had not, and they didn't tell me anything of what to expect. I think they just kind of wanted to see my reaction to it, to be honest. And uh, there were a few places where I had some reactions, uh, some good, some not so good. Uh, but let me let me break it down. I'm going to uh, today today for you. I'm going to give you the sneak peek. Um, what I'm going to do is give you four different scenes that are going to be broken down. The first one I'm going to break down is the one that was by far the most difficult for me uh, in terms of my my clinical background. I'm I'm listening to this and I'm like, uh, 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 you know, people, you, you got to understand my frustration grows with, with people not understanding. So the fact that this is in the movie doesn't bother me, uh, but, but people, some people will see this and they will experience something very different than I have experienced in the clinical world where I work with people through these things and I just know the tar trap that these things can be sometimes. Then I'm going to show you one uh, that is is great, uh, but it's too narrow. Um, it's really great. Like you're going to like it, but it's too narrow. And then I'm going to show you uh, uh, a side that you may or may not have thought about uh, when it comes to patriarchy. And then the message that everyone should receive will come at the very end. So hang tight. There's only four different scenes. They are, this it, is going to go quick. Um, if you're not watching on Rumble, YouTube, then please do because uh, that will be helpful. Although you should do okay to hear it as well. I mean, it's, is it ideal? Probably not, but it should work still. Okay, Barbie, let's do this. You've been making women feel bad about themselves since you were invented. I think you have that the wrong way around. You've ever... Okay, there you go. The very first part, nine seconds in, and we have our first interruption. Why? Because who gets to make who feel bad? Uh, Nobody. Nobody gets to do that. What that is, is... It's a male lens. Look, let me let me let me go to you. Uh, I'm going to give it to you straight. Men are visually stimulated. 
there's a reason why pornography works for men. Women are generally speaking, they're not, they, you know, they're not blind. They're not you know, naive to the idea of beauty and, and, and sex appeal, but they are narratively stimulated, which is why romance novels sell that's porn for women, women who compare buy into the male lens. So what I am witnessing right here in the first nine seconds of this clip is a young girl who's buying into the male lens. You make women feel bad. Uh, not necessarily, right? Both sides of that argument can be understood if you step back and pay attention. But let's proceed because this gets way, way more interesting, all right? We've done everything wrong with our culture sexualized capitalism unrealistic physical ideals no no no. you're describing something stereotypical barbie is so much more than that look at yourself i am technically stereotypical barbie you set the feminist movement back 50 years you destroy girls innate sense of worth and you are killing the planet with your glorification of rampant consumerism no i'm supposed Okay, <laughs> what did y'all just hear, folks? I hope you're paying attention because this is really fascinating. Barbie is being used as a scapegoat for all the things wrong with the world. Not with women, not with men, but the world. Consumerism, feminism, stalling out, uh, a destroying girls' sense of worth. Barbie's a scapegoat here. Now, can a toy do all of those things? I mean, I guess. But the only way they do any of those things is if you or I or people individually make decisions. This is why culture starts from the individual and works out toward the social and then to the cultural. And politics just fits right in there. And so you're getting what we hear as political statements here, but they're not. These are cultural statements, folks. Cultural statements. All right. And then this, the last uh, 10 seconds or so are by far to me the most interesting in this particular clip. But this is good so far. I hope you're, I hope you're getting, getting the, uh, the gist of what we're doing today. Supposed to help you and, Make you happy and powerful. Oh, I am powerful. And until you showed up here and declared yourself Barbie, I hadn't thought about you in years, you fascist. Okay. That was the last 10 seconds from this particular clip. And what did you hear, folks? What was it? This is, the, this is by far the most interesting of them all to me uh, in, in this particular uh, set of clips. And the reason that it's the most interesting is because it hits on some things that are done incorrectly in our current culture. And that drives me absolutely nuts. All right. What does it hit on? At the very end, it used this word fascism or fascist. It used it incorrectly. But it used it in the same way we incorrectly hear it today. Now, why is this frustrating for me? Because I was a kid of the 80s. And in the 80s, I learned something. 
I learned it was it was a hard lesson to learn. And <laughs> we still as a culture haven't learned it. What I learned in the 80s, uh, because I was a child of the 80s and I was a naive child. And, you know, there are moments where I'm still naive about things. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you here. But I learned that you can't go around calling people retarded. Why? Because it's rude. It's not the intended meaning of the word. And the word can be very hurtful. But in this particular case, this is the 2023 version of calling somebody retarded. And in 15 years, we will, I assure you, we will be looking back and we will see just how naive and stupid we are in this moment. We will. We will. It's going to happen. The use of this word fascist incorrectly perpetuates the incorrect use of the word fascist again and again. So let me clarify something for you. The meaning of the word is it's a political ideology, which means that little girl was telling Barbie that she represented a political ideology which supports a dictator or a centralized autocracy. In other words, let's give all of our power to Mattel or Barbie. And it forces suppression. Think about this. Forced suppression. In other words, there are the haves and have nots. This is a socialist statement, a communist statement. Go ahead and look those terms up. That's what this is. And it's being incorrectly applied to, in this case, a person who represents a doll. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that a doll is not fascist. Barbie is not fascist. Barbie does not represent the autocracy, the uh, the centralized autocracy. It doesn't represent, Barbie does not represent a political ideology. Barbie is a damn doll. So why is that even there? It's so incorrectly. Now, here's the irony. And I looked and I looked and I looked for a clip of this. And I could not find, without pulling up the movie itself, I could not find a clip of this. And that's just not convenient for me or simple or anywhere like I can't you know clipping from a movie is is a whole different level of work that to be honest I don't have the manpower for right now um so later on the irony is the girls the barbies get together and they talk about manipulating the men by stroking their egos just enough that they can control the behavior of the men. Um, the irony there is 
wouldn't that be some form of narcissism? Like, hey, ladies, we are better than them and we know it. And so we need to put this in place. And then you're creating a hierarchy. Now, the irony is, is that they go and they do exactly what they are blaming others for doing. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. And here's the reason why I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Because in some environments, in some situations, hierarchy is actually essential to success. And success meaning livelihood, the ability to survive. I'll give you a perfect example. It's a very easy example. A military without hierarchy would be anarchy. A military with hierarchy has order. That doesn't mean they always do the right things. But within that model, they are going to be much more successful as a military if they have hierarchy than if they had anarchy. And so there are certain times and certain situations where the idea of a hierarchy and the presentation of hierarchy is absolutely essential. Now, is it essential for an entire government? Is it essential to suppress people or oppress a a group of people? Eh, probably not a great idea. Let's be real. That's generally not a good idea uh, because what ends up happening is it becomes an us, them mentality. You end up with infighting, civil war, like blah, it goes on and on. Now I outlined some pretty intense stuff there, but for the sake of time, I am going to move on to the next clip. So hang with me. This one is interesting. Uh, this is this is uh, the probably the single most famous of the videos from that I'm going to be showing. And it highlights for you the double-edged swords. Now, that in itself, I think is great. But I do have a point to make when it's done. We have to always be extraordinary. But somehow we're always doing it wrong. Like you have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but Also, always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. All right, folks. This one was an interesting one because it's it's actually it's it's a really it's both beautiful and challenging. So I'm going to highlight a few pieces of this, and uh, hopefully you, you already captured 
it. But what I'm going to tell you is, is, is from here. You're dealing with friction points between culture and individual identity. Culture is going to tell you something. I'm going to prove that in the next clip. No matter what it's telling you, it's telling you something. Even if it's telling you you're the best, you're the greatest, you don't have to do anything. It's still telling you something, and I'll, I'll explain that. But what we have here is when you are wrestling with those friction points and you are getting caught up in those friction points, whether you're male, female, whatever, whether you're Barbie, whether you're Ken, whatever. When you're wrestling with those, it means you're doing some identity work. You need to figure out or you are trying to figure out who you are within the context of the culture with which you exist. That struggle's real. And when you identify that there are things that are dysfunctional about the culture, there's a way to go about dealing with that. Doing that in a way that is healthy is really important. So I want to, I want to pause here and I want to, I want to give you, I give you something to chew on. Number one, everyone deals with this crap. This is not a, a woman's problem. Yes, it's a woman's problem. It's everyone's problem. It's a, a black problem, a white problem, a male problem, a female problem, a, a rich problem, a poor problem. It's because no matter what you classify yourself as, you will have these double-edged friction points. They will exist. Success, but humble. Strong, but gentle. Smart, but a great listener. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You have these things. And when you wrestle with them, you are doing identity work. And I want you to know that's good work to do, number one. That's good work. Clinically, that's good work. You should wrestle with some of these things. But when you get caught up in them, you are over-empowering the culture. The culture is shaped by the individual. It always has been, and it always will be. So if you want to change it because you think it's broken, going out there and doing a mass demonstration, eh, it does something. It might empower other individuals to act, but the most powerful thing you can do is make the damn change. Make it. Don't talk about it. Just change it. Don't buy it if you don't want to. If you, if you know, if you're, if you're thinking, oh, I got to look this way for work. Do you? I mean, do you? If you don't believe you do, you could try something different and see what happens. And you may make a cultural shift because the individual will always dictate the culture. Somebody somewhere strapped on a pair of shoes and those shoes became popular. It doesn't go the other way around. It's not they saw the commercial. It's somebody strapped on the shoes. You, it's just how it works. I'm telling you. And you know who knows this? advertisers know this they know they got to get the right individuals first because it's the right individuals that then it, it goes out from there like a breath in your lungs you you breathe it in and it fills the space and then inevitably you breathe it out okay there was one other line in there i want to highlight the system is rigged <laughs> 
look, if it's rigged for one, it's it's a problem for another. It's that oppressed and the the oppressor thing. Like, look, here's the thing. My culture, my, <laughs> let's just talk me. My heritage goes back through Czechoslovakia into Italy. Why did my family navigate from Italy to Czechoslovakia? I'll tell you why. There was a war and my family was oppressed most likely. I don't have all the details between that one. But then in Czechoslovakia, I know they were oppressed. And so what did they do? They left. They said, enough is enough. And they came over and they landed and they they went, they ended up going, they boated over and they ended up in Pennsylvania. And that's where they settled. Why am I telling you this? Because my family was oppressed in one place and isn't in another. So sometimes the answer is to move. Sometimes the answer is to just make the change. Like uh, you, you got to figure that stuff out for yourself. I'd love to walk you through all of it, but we would need all your personal details to figure out what's the best option for you. And every system has some sort of rigged part. Now I'm not saying that that's a justification for not changing the system, but the systems are going to respond to the individuals always. It has to, it has to. Because if enough individuals stand united, which in our country right now, that's a problem of itself because it's the system is trying to tell you to divide, 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 not unite. Okay. So let's take a look at the next one. For those of you who are following on Rumble and YouTube, you're going to get to see this next one. And it's really interesting to me as well. Great workout, man. So I'm not worried about it. Not now, Margaret. Let's shake on this. We are going to make a lot of money. We're officially important. Okay, what we saw there, folks. Let me be real quick with this one because this this is uh, this is an easy one. Uh, we saw the patriarchy moment. You started with the business, muscles, camaraderie, wealth, power, being in charge, presidents, money, heroes. We got to have heroes, right? So there's two ways to look at this. You could say the system is rigged for the men. But can I share with you the other side of that same argument? Is running a business and having muscles and camaraderie and wealth and power and being in charge and being the president and having money and being heroic, is that a stress-free life? Of course not. Of, Of course not. Patriarchy 
let's let you know if you know there's matriarchy and there's patriarchy the motherly led and fatherly led or male led female led you know you get the point the irony is let's say we switch it up and we we become a, a a matriarchy instead of a patriarchy do you know what that means women all the success and all of the failure is yours you get it you don't get to just have the success you have to deal with the pressure and the burdens and this is the funny ironic part is you go back to that speech uh where she was talking about the double-edged sword uh, the patriarchy is no different it's a double-edged sword folks it and if you switch it from you know one group to another group it's still a double-edged sword it's not free people i've worked with so many people who are poor and they're like but if i just had money and then i work with people who are amazingly wealthy and they're like the money doesn't fix it i want to tell the poor people that and so i do but then they're like yeah but it would help uh, it might help solve one problem but it creates another problem double-edged sword pressure folks if you're not solid in who you are, it's not going to matter whether you have money or don't, whether you have a business or you don't, whether you have muscles or you don't, if you have a camaraderie and friendship or you don't, wealth or you don't, power or you don't, in charge or you're not, president or you're not, money or you don't, heroic or not. It won't matter. Let's watch the last one. Everybody needs to see this. This is going to be my summary for you, folks. Because this is something that you all should see. This is this is a great part, in my opinion. This is when the movie begins to turn to the good. Okay? Okay, Ken, you have to figure out who you are without me. Why? You're not your girlfriend. You're not your house. You're not your mink. Beach? Nope, you're not even beach. Maybe all the things that you thought made you you aren't really you. Maybe. I'm going to stop right there for you folks, because here's the deal. What makes you you? What unique gifts? What unique limitations do you have? What are they? If you don't know, none of this other stuff matters. It just doesn't matter. You have got to figure out who you are. And in doing so, you, you, out there in podcast land and in, in video land, you, the very you that is listening to my voice right now, will change our culture if you know who you are and you can't be what they tell you to be you have to be what you actually are it's the only way it works folks because you're unique you have strengths weaknesses limitations and once you know that and this movie it goes on and it does a good job of highlighting that very thing. 
And so for that reason, the last part of the movie is fan-flippantastic. The individual uniqueness that you bring to the table is what you got to figure out. So I went through a lot of stuff in here. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms. But you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com. Or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com. You'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.